Hey, I'm Stephen Hovatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10, 15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Good morning. Uh, I'm grateful that you've made time to be with us this morning. I know that sometimes on uh, weeks like this week where we have a community tragedy, um, I know that there are many of us that experience that kind of sense of not knowing what to do next. Um, And it's hard to know which parts of your normal routine you just go with and do like normal and which parts you put on hold and which parts need to change and And of course, for us, um, we are trying to figure that out, too, as a church. You know, we even went through our list of things that we were going to make announcements later today and said, hey, this feels weird to make this announcement on a day where there are so many uh, really heavy emotions. And um, and that's just part of the messy middle of trying to find what we do in this sort of thing. All right. How we how we pick up a place where. Uh, life moves on and how we find ways to make the biggest difference that we can. Before we start in the sermon space really today, I do want to say a couple of things. The first one is uh, that I, I want to say how how genuinely proud I am of all the Jesus work that's been done by you over the last few days. And some of that is in really obvious ways where we had a a few families that have uh, from among us that have had a lot of destruction and people have gone, you know, basically just put everything else in their lives on hold to be able to help them uh, and and to help them get through it. And it is it is such a way of us being Jesus to each other. And I want to tell you that I appreciate it and I appreciate being a part of a community that takes that stuff seriously. And I want to say, um, along with that, I have heard more than one voice say something like, what do you do if you're in this sort of situation and you don't have a church that shows up at your door to come help? And there are a lot of people in our city that are in that space too. And I don't know what the answer is to that. I I honestly don't, okay? But I do know that as the church in this city, we have to show up on those doors of where people that don't have anybody else to come and we have to do our best to find the people that we can help and just Throw ourselves at it. You guys know what I mean? Because the only answer to that question of how do people without a church do this is maybe the God, maybe God is sending us to be the church for people who don't have a church yet. Okay. And so we're going to do our best to find some ways of doing that. Um, after worship today, 
uh, today, you know, there's so many phases of this stuff and there's stuff that has to happen today. There's stuff that needs to happen over a few weeks and there are things that need to happen six months from now. Okay. Today is about picking up sticks. All right. Um, it's about trying to help people who are in the process of doing salvage kind of work. Okay. And if you have space this in, this afternoon where you want to just go be a part of a, this is not technical labor. Now, if you're good with a chainsaw, that's more important. You're, this is your moment, okay? You know, I, I was looking at a friend the, the other day, and this is like the quietest disciple of Jesus I know. And he was like going to town on a log with a chainsaw. And I was like, God made him for this moment, right? So if you're that guy, this is your moment and we need you, okay? Um, but also there's a space for, um, if you just have, um, if you have time this afternoon and you can just drag away branches that that guy is chopping up and you can drag them to the front of the street, then we need that kind of stuff too. Okay. Um, and we're going to try and just do what we can split up into a couple, a few groups and, and make a difference in the neighborhood, in neighborhoods as well as we can, um, this afternoon. We're looking for some other ways over the next couple of uh, next week or two where we can help in situations where people have lost power, for instance, and need help just getting food and things like that. Uh, so all I can tell you about that kind of stuff right now is stay tuned. Okay. And we're going to do our best to kind of get out information. Um, and, and, and in those kind of formal service ways, we'll, we'll have those sorts of things in the next week or two. But I want to be honest and say beyond those formal things that's like somebody from church is like organizing it. What we really hope to see in situations like this and what we have indeed seen is that organic kind of response of people just meeting the needs that are in front of them for people in their small groups, for people in their community groups and for their neighbors. And we see a lot of that. Okay. If you're here today and you have needs yourself and you just didn't know who to call, okay, don't leave today without letting somebody here know that, okay? And if that means you've got a tree across your driveway and it, it's not on your house and so you didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but you need some help. By the, before you leave today, make sure that somebody, uh, one of our elders, one of our staff, just, just the person sitting down the aisle, uh, aisle from you, make sure somebody knows. And if you, if you guys can all help us, just get that information to the staff and the elders so that we can help be responsive as we can. Okay, we'll, we're going to do, do our best to try to meet as many of those needs. Beyond that, let's continue to do that work of being responsive to each other in those relationships that we have. And if there's somebody in your class or in your small group um, that's, that's struggling with some aspect of this, let's, let's just do our best to rally and take care of each other. Uh, and then after that, let's, let's look down the street, right? And let's find those places where it may be not one of us, but it may be one of our neighbors uh, who needs some help and needs some Need some help figuring out what to do for the next couple of weeks as the power might not turn on until then. All right, let's just, let's just keep thinking about that work. I want to start today uh, with a prayer uh, for all this stuff that's happening.
and being attentive to uh, the fact that God is here. God is present with us. God sees it all, and God sees uh, every every massive need, and God sees every fearful flutter of the heart uh, of just trying to figure out how to get through something like this. So uh, let's pray together, um, and then let's let's spend some time uh, in the scriptures today. O God of peace, we come to you in a moment of chaos and disorder. And there is little in creation that looks like chaos and disorder, like the wake of one of these storms. And so, God, we pray that that we would reach towards you for peace that can move beyond understanding. And we pray that you would give us by your spirit a sense of mission in the city so that we can provide the extraordinary assistance that people here need. We're grateful for the love of Jesus that lives within our hearts. And that sometimes makes our hearts break for each other and for our neighbors. But God, would you use our broken hearts to help heal our broken city? And God, give us uh, the courage and the energy and the insight to move forward one step at a time, one day at a time, uh, so that your name may be glorified here. There is so much to be done, and there is so much brokenness. Oh God, come and be present. Help us in the moment of our need. In Jesus we pray, amen. So we've been thinking about the way of the cross, and I appreciate what Jason mentioned at the beginning of the uh, our, our time together today, that it is Palm Sunday, right? It is this moment that marks on the calendar the last week of Jesus's life. And it's a week that, if you just kind of look at the timeline, uh, makes no sense. It's so hard for me to understand how a day uh, like the, the Sunday before his death, where the crowds were coming and praising him and honoring him and welcoming him, how did that devolve to crowds that were crying out for his blood and for his crucifixion? How do we get from the welcome and the hospitality of Jesus on Palm Sunday uh, to crowds asking for his death on Friday, on Thursday and Friday? And it's hard to see how you go from one place to the other. And yet there we are. In the middle of that crazy journey, we find us too. Sometimes finding ourselves in praise and adoration of Jesus, and sometimes with the disciples turning tail and running for cover. Sometimes we find ourselves um, trying to bring about the sorts of things that Jesus was about. And then there are other times we find ourselves with blood on our hands. The story of Jesus is not just one simple arc, one simple storyline. 
but it is a story of ups and downs and twists and turns. And there in the middle of it is Jesus giving himself over to the moment. Seeing the crowds and responding to them as they praise his name, encouraging them even, and then also silently waiting while they shout, crucify him, crucify him. There is Jesus finding and responding to the people that have needs even in the middle of that last week. And Jesus himself, blood, sweat, and tears, as he agonizes over his own fate and his own suffering. There's Jesus right in the middle of it. Jesus in the middle of it would be a, a good title for my memoir, I think. Because my story, and I bet yours too, looks something like that. With a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns. Unexpected surprises that were full of delight. And also unexpected tragedy that you could barely fathom. Friends that came to support you. And then great grief as you over deal with different kinds of loss along the way. And then there's Jesus right there in the middle of it, right? Jesus right there in the middle, sometimes present, sometimes obvious, sometimes with his name being spoken out loud, and then sometimes hidden, sometimes folded into the background, sometimes waiting to see what would come next, perhaps. And yet there he is, Jesus in the middle of it. When I think about what it means to speak about the way of the cross, and I've used that language all the way through this series because I want us to understand that it's not just a singular moment in history. The cross was a defining moment. The crucifixion of Jesus was an event like no other. The Son of God crucified once and for all for the sake of the world. And yet, and yet it wasn't just a singular moment, but something that is repeated over and over and over again by the God who still continues to be present and suffer with his creation. And also with his people. Who have the audacity to erect the cross in the middle of the city. And to think about what it means to speak of our own lives as given over to the crucified one. So that we too can be people who follow the way of the cross. It is obvious right now. That we live in a wounded city. A physical representation of it cutting from the southwest to the northeast. A gash still bleeding that will be a scar for a long time. But my friends, we have always lived in a city with scars. We always have made our home. Among a wounded people. Whose wounds are maybe not as obvious. As what's been on the news this week. 
but are there thus just the same? The wounds of broken relationships that may not have left a physical, a physical scar, but all too often have. The wounds of broken communities that couldn't figure out how to talk to each other in the midst of inequality. The wounds of cities that somehow are trying to figure out a way forward in some of the most divisive political landscape that I remember. Maybe my memory is just bad, but there are some things that I'd rather forget. A city divided sometimes by the wounds that happen in unspoken ways between between friends, right? I mean, we talk about betrayal. I've, I've had so many people tell me that that sermon that we where we talked about Jesus and betrayal a, a couple of weeks ago about how what it means like to feel that common experience of being betrayed. Look. See, behold, the city that now bleeds has had many wounds before. And just like the back of Jesus was scarred and broken for our sake, so is the city. So what does it mean to bear the cross in the midst of a wounded city? What does it mean to be people who respond to the wounds of the city? Which is too too abstract of a way of saying it. What does it mean to be a people who respond to the wounds of our neighbors? The flesh and blood people with whom we go to school and go to work. The people that live down the street. This is a moment in which the needs are obvious, right? It is obvious in some ways. Now, I know there are lots of things that we aren't sure about the obviousness of it yet. And we, have, we don't even know in which ways to help. But there are obvious ways right now that the crowds can respond to the pain that is happening in our city. And we're going to do some of those obvious things, too. This Palm Sunday isn't going to be about raising branches of palm trees to honor Jesus but we're going to raise some pine branches and oak branches. And Jesus will be honored by the branches that are laid on the side of the street on this day, just as he was on that Sunday so long ago. But what comes next? Because the story of Jesus doesn't end on Palm Sunday. The story of responding to our neighbors doesn't end when the branches are pulled to the front of the yard. The cross is a moment 
But the cross is also a way of life. It's something that we honor when we join together on Sundays, but it's also something that we have to learn to honor on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. The cross has to be part of our life on Thursday night, and it has to be a part of our life at the soccer field on Saturday afternoon, right? The cross isn't just about big, dramatic moments. It's about the ongoing way that we look to Jesus and ask, what does it mean to follow the crucified one in every moment of our day? I've been so blessed in my life, and I'm not just using that word as a hashtag. But I have been so blessed to know many, many people who live their lives by the way of the cross. Who consistently gave attention to what it means to lay themselves down, their own interests down for the sake of the people with whom they share lives. Have you ever known a cross-shaped person? Have you ever known someone who was not just in name saying, I'm a member of X Church of Christ, but who by the way that they lived constantly sought the good of other people? Have you known that person? Sometimes it's real obvious, I suppose. And sometimes that cross-shaped person I don't have to say it. Gosh, I'm already one of the first cross-shaped people that I remember stood about this tall but my grandmother was a giant. She was not a loud person. That part of me didn't come from her. <laughs> but she was a gentle, helping spirit to everyone she knew. Cross-shaped person. Now, I've known louder ones along the way. And I've known some that got a lot more recognition. But I don't know that I've known a lot that were more Jesus-shaped. I've known Jesus-shaped and cross-shaped teachers and nurses. And I've known Jesus and cross-shaped cashiers and clerks. Jesus-shaped moms and Jesus-shaped dads and Jesus-shaped grandmas and Jesus-shaped granddads and Jesus-shaped neighbors. And I've known Jesus-shaped people that had nowhere to call home. I've run along a lot of Jesus-shaped people 
who not only took on the name of Jesus, but his cross as their way of life. Saying, I will be willing to bear the cost of helping and improving and sometimes indeed saving somebody else. The cross is what we always come back to to figure out what it means to truly be a people who are, quote, following Jesus together. Because if we follow Jesus together, it may indeed someday lead us to paradise. But before that, it will surely lead us to the cross. And he told his disciples that in no uncertain terms, right? If anyone wants to be my disciple, he must lay down his life and take up his cross and follow me. And Luke's version goes even further than that. It says, and take up their cross daily and follow me. In other words, anyone who would be my disciple must take on the way of the cross as their way of life. So where do we start? Where do we start? And it may be that there are some of you that are in this place and you have flirted with Jesus long enough and it's time to really be serious about committing to following him. And there may be some of you that are here and you are reflecting after years of following Jesus and you may say to yourself, how in the world did I get mixed up in all this? How did I get to this place? You may be asking yourself, where not did it all start, but where do I start again today? And today, what I want us to think about in that space is I want us to have a moment of thinking about baptism. Okay. Now, here's a weird thing about baptism that you really have to understand about the New Testament, okay? And I want to say this, and I want you, you some of you, I, please nobody go, <gasps> okay? Death, don't do it. You know, it's tempting. Nothing in the New Testament was written to convince people to be baptized. Okay? That wasn't its purpose. What we have instead are documents that were written by baptized people to other baptized people that often pointed back and said, you need to remember this about your baptism. You hear me? So what we see are not invitations to come take it on. 
what at least in the in the documents themselves what we see mostly instead and I, I, I may be stretching this a little bit but mostly what we have instead are over the shoulder conversations where we're listening in to people who took on that moment of baptism years and years ago and the the apostle paul or whoever peter whoever is looking back and saying with them don't you remember that this is true of your baptism romans 6 in Romans 6, if we think about this text, we talked about it in classes a couple of weeks ago. It says this, what then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. You hear the difference? You hear what I'm saying? Paul isn't saying Roman people. It's time to be baptized. They had already, that conversation had already happened. <laughs> okay. Rather, what we have are people who are trying to figure out in the day-to-day mess of what it means to be a Christian following in the way of the cross. And Paul says, do you remember? Don't you know? This, this thing. There's a, a couple of um, writers about, uh, they write about preaching books. I'm sure you guys love their work. Uh, but uh, Will Willimon and Stanley Howross at one point wrote, two preachers like me, right, said that everyone that hears you on a Sunday morning is either on a journey towards baptism and needs to be called to it, or they are on a journey from their baptism and they need to be called back to it. And so my where to start today is I want to call you all to the water. And for some of you, that message is, you have heard the invitation of the cross of Jesus. And he calls you to come and take on his own death and to live in his resurrection. And this moment, this simple ritual that we have, is all about coming into the story of Jesus, the story of the cross and the story of the empty tomb and saying, I want to live in that story. I want to take on the story of Jesus as my own story.
And for some of us, I want you to come to the water that is there in your memory so long ago. Remember your baptism in which you said to Jesus, I will live in your story. Come to the water. Come back to the water. In a moment, there's, there's going to be a baptism today. Every time someone comes to us and goes to the water, every time one of us comes and says, it's, it's time for me. There's the person who is going under. There is the person in the tank with their hands on them. And then there is the church bearing witness. And you may have thought a lot about what it means to be the person in the water. And you may have even had some, I know many of you have had that experience of baptizing uh, someone yourself. But have you thought much about what your job is when we are just here watching? There is no such thing as just here watching. There is bearing witness. And when somebody is baptized before us, it is both a witness to the world and to the rest of the baptized church reminding us once again of what we share together and what we share together is the way of the cross. It is right at the center. It is the hot molten core of who we are. We are people who have said together, we will follow Jesus on the way of the cross. That is who we are. And so today, you are all invited to the water. And if you're in that place where it is time for you to take on that definitive first step, then come. If you're in a place where you are so close to that and you're not sure yet, please don't leave here today without talking to me or talking to somebody else and say, hey, listen, I'm really thinking about that, but I've got some questions. If you don't have questions about baptism, you're not ready yet, okay, right? Because you, 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 you may be in a place where you're saying, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm really close to thinking about it, but I need, I need to talk with somebody about it. That's okay, okay? Let's have that conversation. I want to have that conversation with you. And if you're in a place 
where you have been following Jesus for some time, whether it was a couple of weeks or whether it's been a few years, you're invited to the water today too. to watch and to bear witness and to remember and to once again say with us the whole being, let us follow Jesus together on the way of the cross. That's what our baptism is meant to us. That being said, if you are in a place and you want to talk to somebody today about all of that, or if you are in a place where you're ready to come to the waters of baptism, today we invite you to it while we stand and sing together.